The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until 7 o'clock. If you're just joining us, we are coming to you live from our studios in Cork, Republic of Work on the South Mall, right here in the city centre uh, today. Right now, though, joining me here in our studio in Cork is Holly Cairns, who is the leader of the Social Democrats. Uh, Holly, uh, you're welcome uh, to our Cork studio and thanks a million for coming into us. Um, a lot of people might have seen uh, clips of you. This is the way so, so many people consume politics now uh, on their social media feeds. Um, commenting yesterday on this immigration debate that was had in the Dáil. So, so we talked about it on the show. We had Michael Healy Ray on with Aon O'Reard on. Um, so some of those independents, rural independents, uh, coming together, uh, seeking a debate and discussion on immigration uh, in the context, as they put it, uh, of there being too much of it and the need for a cap, as they described it. What was your response? Before I just go into my response, I think a, a really important thing for us to acknowledge is that what happens and what we've seen happen in other countries is that uh, the far right or actually indeed just sometimes groups that are anti-immigration um, cause some kind of chaos, like the chaos that we saw in Dublin in recent times. And then the mainstream media are covering that to the extent that they are sort of framing the debate so even just in the introduction, there, it's like the, the immigration debate. What I was trying to get across in the Dáil yesterday was this debate is nonsense and I don't think that's where we should be having the conversation. And so I started off by saying that I thought that the rural independents should be ashamed of themselves because I think that they know better. And I think that as a public representative, they have a responsibility to do better. Um, what we're seeing is misinformation being spread that filtering through into our communities. And when they hear that, instead of trying to tackle it and say, no, that's misinformation. Um, the reality is that our, our migrant communities add so much value to our lives, not to mention the fact that whole swathes of our public services would collapse without them. It's absolutely essential. It's important that they're protected. Instead, they went in and started a debate that ultimately feeds into putting a target on the back of 20% of the population. And that 20% of the population are our neighbours, our loved ones, our colleagues. Are, it's completely unacceptable. And I think we need to kind of really address the debate there and say, if you hear the voices of people who are trying to convince you that our migrant community are somehow dangerous mm. or some kind of a burden on the state, we need to stop and think about that. So, there so, is no link between criminality yeah. and immigration. Burden on the state? The opposite. The state would collapse without our migrant population. The workforce, are, the, the, the value they bring to our communities, all of those things. So I think we need to consider where we're having this debate and say, mm. actually, what happened in the Dáil yesterday is unacceptable. So, so is, is the criticism that they seek to have the debate or, or how they frame it? how they frame it, the, the debate that they want to have. I mean, if you look through their motion, it's dog whistle after dog whistle, language like unvetted men, all of this kind of stuff. Like, if we just stop and think about that for a moment, how many Irish men have moved abroad? Imagine if they were treated as these, quote unquote, unvetted men who are somehow more dangerous mm. because they're not from the country that they're in. The entire premise of the argument is discriminatory. And I think... What it does to our culture and society is really damaging because 
we don't have to go down that road like that. We can see what other countries have done and we can try and do better. And there's an onus on public representatives, I think, in particular, because to be fair, a lot of people are, you know, trying to get through the day. They're not following like necessarily like the, the this kind of movement and seeing what's happened in other countries. They're struggling to pay bills. People can't get housing. They're hearing things like, oh, well, if it weren't for this, maybe you would. And mm. I think we can't really just say, oh, well, I'm hearing this sentiment in my community. So I'm coming in here as a public representative and echoing. We have to say, why are people feeling like this? You know, but like there's so much that can and should be done. And that's what we should be focusing on. So we need like um, people have been saying, I think understandably, when we had the uh, when the minister with respect to Minister Roderick O'Gorman, when he took over the ministry, he wanted to end direct provision. Yeah, That wasn't possible when the war broke out in Ukraine and we had lots of people coming in. But at that time, Catherine Day did another report and that report said one of the things we should do immediately, so it's about immediate, medium mm-hmm. and long-term planning, is build was it three or six reception centres. Not one. And that was supposed to be by 2023. We were promised 700 modular homes. I think we have 204 today. Mm. That's the most up-to-date figure I've seen. So all of these things is what we should be focusing on and calling on our government to do that, to make sure that when people arrive here, they're not given 75 euro in a tent when we've seen somebody's tent set on fire in Dublin before. Is is there an onus then on on politicians and on government parties maybe in particular to, to be the ones to actually introduce this debate and discussion and acknowledge that look, this is a reality and far from it, um, it, it numbers reducing, actually, if you just pay any attention to what is happening in the UAE at COP28, you know, migration and mass displacement is something we're just going to have to deal with, you know, on a European basis and an Irish basis for years to come. Uh, and we need to be able to manage it. And at the moment, you know, handing tents and sleeping bags is not managing it. You know, it's it's absolutely not managing it. But, but, I wonder, are they guilty of allowing a kind of an information vacuum to be filled by the unvetted migrants argument and we need to put a cap and people getting off planes without documentation should be turned around and sent back and all of this stuff that, you know, when you actually probe it, you know, it's it's kind of, it's very kind of watery arguments, really. I mean, you know, is is there an onus on government parties to 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 seek to have that more level-headed discussion? Yeah, and I think where there's been an absence of information the kind of anti-immigrant movement um, or whatever you want to call it has really filled that gap with misinformation and that's damaging. But to be clear, I don't think anybody has a veto on who gets to live in their community. That has never been the case. But what people, I think, deserve is information. What's Mm. happening? What's the truth? Because when that's missing, we're seeing it being filled with misinformation. And yeah, I do think we should be having a discussion about medium and long-term planning and indeed mass displacement because it's interesting you say that like the irony of you know the rural independence for example in you know talking about how they feel like people aren't safe and they don't want more uh, immigration into the country and we know that the next biggest cause of immigration is going to be climate change and they're the same deputies who argue against every policy to try and address that. So we need, we know the reality with climate change is going to be whole populations displaced, mm. looking for somewhere to go. This is a reality. This is something that's going to happen. And we need to prepare for that. But and the you, fact that the government has yeah. reports done, recommendations there, and very little action, that's where we need to be having the discussion. Where's the immediate and the medium and the long-term planning for this? Yeah. How do we... Like in addition to reception centres, modular homes, proper homes, all of that stuff, we need to have discussions about, you know, 
proper integration, inclusion in our communities. Yeah. All of that stuff is being lost in this Certainly yesterday, not, I don't mean now, the yeah. nonsense debate we had yesterday, but you, that was lost. Do you sense that there's sometimes a reticence then from from those in government to to have this discussion because because of the rhetoric that swirls around it and that there's a kind of, a you, you, know, you know, as soon as you open your mouth, you know that you're either going to be accused of wanting to open the borders to everybody or that you're kind of some far right loon, you know. Yeah, well, perhaps, I mean, if they're in government, maybe they should just take the actions in terms of immediate, medium and long term planning rather than opening uh, discussions like you say that could be, you know, I think Mm. it's important to have discussions about planning. And like we've been calling for these since the war broke out in Ukraine. Um, But ultimately what they can do is take action. Yeah. Take the recommendations that they have from reviews. Do something about it. Like all of this, in all of this, where is the Minister for Housing? Not in the chamber yesterday. Yeah. Not in the kind of. I don't think officially it's not in his bailiwick, isn't it? Uh, This is this was the great debate they had around the cabinet table. Was Roderick O'Gorman wanted it to become part of the purview of the uh, Department of Housing, Uh, but uh, Fianna Fáil, uh, particular Dara O'Brien, pushed back and said, "No, no, no. I I have enough problems in my place." Well, the reality is that we need accommodation, and you know things can't be done in a silo. This has to be a cross-departmental approach. I know we have a coalition of different parties in government, but the government has to operate as a government that is there to you know provide services, to provide accommodation, to do all of those things. They can't go well. That's that's for the Green Party to deal with. That is a fractured approach, one that isn't working. Mm. And you know we need a cross-departmental approach to this. That is, I mean, obvious. And key. So I don't think that that's an excuse. And I think it's time that we have that cross departmental mm. approach. Um, that there would be people who have you believe that, you know, the number one issue on doorsteps is immigration. You know, it's all anybody's talking about. And then we had this Sunday time, independent poll at the weekend would suggest it's, you know, far from it. Having said that, it, you know, it has climbed up people's priority list. So it is, it is an issue for people. Do you suspect 2024 is going to be marked by more of this? Yes, and I, I say by this, I don't. I'm not necessarily talking about stuff we saw in Dublin mm-hmm. uh, a couple of Thursdays ago. I'm, I'm talking about you know this, the conversations we're having now that we're going to be talking about immigration next year in the same way we have been talking about housing and health and other mm-hmm. things for the last few years. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I feel like we're at a bit of a crossroads, and I think that's quite possible. And I would appeal to people, to your listeners, and to other public representatives, but to your listeners too, if you hear kind of arguments or sentiments from um, groups that are basically trying to convince you that our migrant community are dangerous. Some of what they say might be something that you relate to, but Mm. make sure that you're not listening to the voices of people who are trying to make you think that they're dangerous because they're not. Mm. It's not true. It's misinformation. It's damaging. It's divisive. It's othering. And we shouldn't listen to it. But yes, I think if we have kind of more of this of groupings coming into the Dáil and spouting that nonsense, I think it's a dangerous crossroads that we're at. And I hope we go in the right direction from here. Um, You know, that that information and, and misinformation and disinformation in order for it to find fertile ground, well, like what it does is it, it takes people's, um, you know, legitimate anger or frustration and it kind of, it, it, it misdirects it and turns it into hate and points it where it shouldn't be pointed. But the premise of that, how that works is that there is legitimate anger and frustration yeah. in the first place. Yeah. So w- what, what for you are the main sources of that in Ireland? 
What is what is frustrating people that makes them receptive to that message? Yeah, I think it's this it's it it's almost like a divine and conquer approach and I don't think that's the approach that, that the government have taken but I think that is a result of it and if you feel like you can't get a GP, a dentist or a house and then you feel like it's your neighbor's fault rather than the government mm. um like that is the problem. Um so I think the main causes of that are, you know, waiting lists in our health services, housing, people like <laughs> the housing crisis has gone beyond a crisis. It's a disaster. It's a complete emergency and we don't see an emergency response from government. Yeah. And people, I think, do feel real despair. And I think that absence of hope is something that has a really, really profound yeah. impact. And I think we need to kind of really grasp the next election. People need to feel like their vote matters. And I think one of the things that we don't often realise, like certainly for me, because only four years ago I wasn't involved really or engaged in politics at yeah. all. And that feeling that like nothing will ever change. What's the point in going out to vote? All of those feelings, I really understand that. And I think we need to realise that like, oh, what can one person do said four million people? <laughs> like, yeah. that, like the reality is, is that we all need to do what we can to try and grasp the next election to vote for the kind of change we want to go out and try and get that change in in the election that can be registering to vote asking someone else to vote canvassing spreading the word there's so much we can do as individuals to try and change things that I think we need to reach out to communities and say it's not hopeless Mm. there is hope we just have to canvass for that change What's your hope for the Social Democrats in 2024? Our hope is to grow and, you know, there's a lot of work for us to do in relation to that. I think in politics, the most important commodity is trust. So Mm. it's my ambition as the kind of new leader to build that trust, uh, to earn it and to keep it. And And translate it into seats in the local elections. Yeah, I mean, literally it's the seats that that make us able to have an impact. It's that critical mass and the local elections. And the target. An exact number. Yeah. I don't. I just feel like as many as possible. Okay. <laughs> um, we're still selecting candidates. So until we even know how many candidates we have, it's difficult to set a target, I think. Mm. Um, but I just feel like as many as possible. And I think this is a time in Irish politics where the tide is turning and I want to offer as many people as possible the option to vote for a kind of more progressive alternative to what we've seen for, well, since the foundation of the state. And I'm really excited about the local election. We've got some amazing candidates selected all around the country. And ultimately, you know, I think I know this sounds fairly basic, but like I said, only four years ago, I think what I'm trying to get across to people is after then, you know, the local elections gives us a, a huge platform at local level and local government is massively important. And then going into the general election after that, it's the critical mass, like the impact we can have on a government. That's the key. We want to introduce policies that make Ireland more equal, that leave people less disenfranchised. All of those things can be done. We don't have to look to other countries like Nordic ones and go, God, if only. Like, we can change our approach and our policies. We just have to make that change happen. Are you agnostic as to who might be in that government with you? It's too hard to know. It's like if I had my crystal ball, we just have to... There's no party you'd rule out talking to? No, no. I think it's important to talk to all parties and ultimately our aim is to introduce social democratic policies. And I think, you know, for example, Sláinte Care, that nobody should be more or less entitled to health care based on how deep their pockets are. That's a core policy for the social democrats. Mm. I think if you ask any Irish person, they would agree with that principle. 
Um, so it's about getting those policies in. And of course, how much we can impact the programme for government depends on how many TDs we have elected. So my real focus is the local elections building and then the general elections to really try and achieve that. Holly Cairns, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.